You're listening to episode one of the Better Than Healthy podcast, the one where we discuss what it takes to be healthy and what better than healthy even means. Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Brathman. Let's dive in. I'm so excited to be recording this first podcast episode. This is something I've been thinking about starting for a while, and I'm just finally going to go for it. And first wanted to say, if you came expecting Ashley Brown, well, I'm in the middle of a name change, so I figured it'd be easier if I just start this podcast off with my married name. So that's why that is. All right, let's get into the episode. Do you know what to do to be healthy? When I ask most people, they tell me yes. Of course. And then they list off everything they were told about what it takes to be healthy. And sometimes they even go back to remembering sitting in their gym at school and being told about cardio and strength training and like the food pyramid and what foods they should be eating more of and which ones they should limit and only have every now and then, or even comes from what they watched like their parents or grandparents doing or an aunt watching and trying to lose weight and watching their food and trying to exercise more. So then they usually end up giving me some long list about, well, to be healthy, what I should be doing is weightlifting a couple times a week, doing cardio a few times a week, doing some yoga and stretching at least a few times a week. And I should really be walking every single day so I'm getting more movement in and that I'm eating enough vegetables and getting the right servings of that and having the right portion sizes and not eating too much sugar and making sure I'm getting enough sleep and watching my stress levels and even more things. And it's this whole list of things that if we aren't meeting it, then we start apologizing for it because we start to think like, oh, I'm not doing the right things. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And basically, then we start thinking we're doing it wrong. And the way our brain takes that so often is I've been doing it wrong. I haven't been doing it right. Something's wrong with me. I'm not doing it wrong. Like I'm terrible. (laughs) And so many of my clients, when they start working with me, they... Tell me, it's like, oh, I just wish I could be normal. And we don't realize how many people are reacting in this way of, it's just kind of the culture that we have of really being very focused on eating the right things. And when we're not, it's just so common to be like, oh, I've been really bad lately. I haven't been taking care of myself. Oh, I've been lazy lately. I haven't been doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And it just ends up creating this layer of just not feeling good about ourselves and not trusting ourselves to be taking care of ourselves. And often it can sound like, oh, I've been doing it wrong. Like I'm such a failure. I should have been figured this out by now. And usually when some people start working with me, they start telling me, we start talking about the thoughts that they experience about themselves. And they're like, I sound crazy. Like I sound insane that I'm thinking about myself this way and I'm talking about myself this way. And I just want to take that second that if you are experiencing that, it is so normal In the sense that multiple people experience this when they have kind of some struggles around food and a little bit of an unhealthy relationship there. And we all really experience that because what our brain wants to do is to protect us. And we get this kind of belief that if we are negative towards ourselves and like almost punish ourselves, that then we'll change. And it's also a way to keep our brain in the same path. Meaning our brain is really like motivated by doing the same thing. It's motivated by survival and not necessarily thriving. So it ends up wanting to keep us in the same place because it knows what happens there and it's familiar. 
So when we aren't paying attention to it is we can end up feeling kind of stuck in the same patterns. And sometimes we want something different, but we just can't consistently really seem to get ourselves there. And for so many people, it creates this underlying layer of like feeling guilty and feeling shame and just not feeling good enough. And it can show up in different ways, meaning like a lot of people, when we start working together, they don't necessarily see the shame or see the guilt. It's just like not just something they've been quietly doing or quietly avoiding themselves or it can feel like, oh, I just mindlessly snack sometimes because we aren't taught to be aware of ourselves in that way. It's more so we're taught to follow the rules or we're breaking the rules and like following the rules is a good thing to do. And but we all have that rebellious part that when we've been trying to follow these rules very strictly and it feels like it's happening against what we truly want. And we end up rebelling against it. And and so often that this is happening on a very subconscious level. It's not like we're consciously like, oh, I don't want to do this thing. So let me go, you know what? I'm just not going to do it anymore. Or even it's so subconscious too with, with what we call an intuitive eating, like the last supper meals, which if you haven't heard of that, it's like when you know you're going to start restricting tomorrow. It's like, I know I'm going to have a good day tomorrow. I know I'm going to be back on plan tomorrow. So you know what? Tonight, I'm going to eat everything. I'm going to just, you know, indulge on those other things because tomorrow I'm going to have it. So I might as well, I'm not going to have it tomorrow. So I might as well just have it today. And that's not really a conscious thing that we're like realizing what we're doing. It's more happening at the subconscious level and at that pattern level. And we really aren't aware that we're doing it to ourselves. And this is kind of where I started in this journey as well, because throughout this podcast, I'll share within my own experience and even some examples from clients just so you can really see these beliefs in action of like what they're creating for us. So really when I started this, I was staying busy a lot, distracting myself with food and trying to always focus on getting healthy enough and achieve like the perfect goal weight and have the perfect diet plan, have the perfect exercise plan and just be following away with very slow, sustainable changes and just trying to do it right. And sometimes it was even like achieving enough in work or school to try to make sure that I was like doing everything right. I never could figure out how as a registered dietitian, as somebody who worked as a personal trainer for a few years with my master's in public health and even studied psychology and a lot of behavior change in school too because it always interests me. And I knew all of this information about health and I was struggling to do it myself. And sometimes I felt so hypocritical and like guilty that when I was working in the hospital, I was like sitting there telling people how to eat healthy and I couldn't do it for myself. I learned so much of that is more of this mindset piece and these different patterns that we have of that rebellion and scarcity that we can create kind of on a subconscious level. And we are taught really to expect the achievement to be what provides us with feeling good, but it just simply can't do that. And that's how I've worked with people where they set the goal to lose a certain number of weight or get to a certain measurement. And then it's like they feel excited when they get there, but those old thought patterns come back up and they start not really feeling good about themselves in different ways and like it just changes just changes or they'd be like well maybe I just got to get a little bit smaller then I'll start loving my body and then they just continue down that path or because they're not feeling as excited as I thought they would feel then they just go back to eating food in the way that they were before and can end up regaining and that's how people get on that pattern of the yo-yo dieting and weight loss and weight gain that is so not helpful for us and not necessary because we really have systems in our body that just naturally would regulate 
our hunger and our fullness and when we feel satisfied, if we relearn how to trust them and how to trust ourselves and how to be in the experience of our bodies without needing to avoid it, because that's so often what we end up doing when we are turning to food as a way to escape our emotions. And we can end up doing that in different ways. It doesn't just have to be food because for some people it's alcohol or just like sitting down and watching a whole show on Netflix or spending some money and you know some of that retail therapy or just be staying busy by cleaning and never really giving us time to slow down or just always having an audiobook going or always reading and just any of that that we can use to distract ourselves so we're not really spending time with ourselves and meaning paying attention to our mind and our body. And the example that I really like to use is around processing emotions and why we can turn to things like food to distract ourselves is if you were to imagine like walking into an empty room and if you talk there's an echo throughout the room well that echo is there because there's nothing to really stop the sound waves from continuing to bounce off the walls but as soon as you start adding furniture into that room the furniture starts to absorb the sound waves like you put the curtains up you put a rug down maybe add the furniture in and no longer like you don't hear the echo anymore because those sound waves don't just continue to bounce around and that's kind of how the experience is in our body because when we're talking about emotions i'm talking about like the sensations that we end up feeling in our body and because really we experience emotions as vibration and that can be like anxiety is a simple one most people feel that as kind of like a energy throughout their body mine's usually in my chest and it feels like it's swirling or when people feel like sad it can be like the lump in their throat or like the gut punch feeling is like those are the emotions that we're experiencing but we're usually we get so not used to experiencing them and we're not taught to that we end up wanting to not experience those emotions because we're not comfortable with it so we do things like add food or distract ourselves with tv or alcohol or watching a bunch of TV or scrolling through social media. There's so many different ways that we can really distract ourselves from experiencing those emotions. And that's just like adding furniture into the room. It just stops and distracts ourselves from that vibration rather than being with the emotion. And that's really a problem for us because the emotion doesn't go away when we have the food or any of the other ways that we can avoid it. And then we still have to experience it later. And the experience can be not feeling as good in our body, especially if we're overeating kind of going on a little rant here on stuff I wasn't planning to talk about in this episode. So we're going to get back to what it takes for being healthy. And this emotional part is so key to it. I want to go back to that list of everything that we're taught about health and all of things that we have to and shoulds and supposed to and really all of those rules that we're taught. And a lot of those do come from research and information that we know and things that do support our bodies. But it's how we're using that information and the intentions behind it that can be problematic for some people because we start to add a moral component to whether or not we're doing the right things if we're like exercising enough if we're eating the right foods and when we start adding that moral component then it starts to feel like like I'm a lazy person if I'm not exercising as much as I'm supposed to be then from there like the experience of that is just a negative one and most people that I talk to they're worried if I'm not negative about that that I won't do anything to change it but what we know from what they're doing is when they're negative about that they're in a pattern of getting a short-term motivation exercising a couple days and then giving up on it because it's really hard to stay consistent with something like exercise when deep down you're believing like I'm a lazy person and I never stick to it because that's going to create the result of us not sticking to it. 
we keep using the exercise as an example. Like I was working with somebody a couple weeks ago on how she said, just kept talking about how she knows she should be exercising more and that she would feel better if she was weightlifting like three times a week and walking every day and stretching a couple times a week and that it was the right thing to do and she'd probably be healthier and probably feel better if she was doing that. And she was very, very focused on all of these reasons that are like should and have to and supposed to. And buried within the reasons, she did list off that she likes how her muscles feel when she weightlifts because she feels strong. And when she's not moving her body, then she feels sore and her muscles feel more tired and she doesn't like those feelings and that she likes that when she's exercising, it boosts her mood and that she feels better when she does it. So I want you to pause here and just consider those two different reasons or those two different like categories of reasons that I gave you. So when you're thinking I should be doing it, it's the right thing to do. I'm not doing it. I'm being lazy. Like, how come I haven't figured this out? When you're hearing all of those reasons to try to work out more, do you feel inspired to work out? What about when you're thinking about, I love how my muscles feel, when I love feeling strong, I love how it boosts my mood, I feel better when I do this. Because I don't know about you, but when I talk about those two different reasons, and when I'm throwing out all the shoulds and all the reasons I'm supposed to and all the things the research says, it doesn't feel good to me in my body. Like it makes me like feel guilty if I'm not doing it correctly or for doing it like not exact and perfect all the time. And that's my experience of it was before is I was trying to motivate myself by almost scaring myself into it and trying to really motivate myself from that negative place and saying like, oh, I want to be healthier and that's the reason I want to do this. But I always struggled to be consistent with it during that time frame. And I was somebody who loved like moving my body when I was growing up and always being in sports. But there was this time period where I wasn't working out very much because of all these reasons, similar to the ones my client has. And ever since I've started switching the focus to the reasons that I want to move my body for me and for how that experience actually is in my body, I'm much more consistent with it. And this is what I work with my clients on to move to and switch to because when we're thinking about weightlifting and thinking about it as like, I need to do this three times a week. I'm supposed to do this. I should be doing this. It's such a different experience of thinking about a workout later in the day and being like, I'm weightlifting and I love how my muscles feel when I weightlift so strong. It feels so good. My body's going to feel so amazing when I do this. It's just a completely different experience. And it's how we start motivating ourselves by caring for ourselves rather than shaming ourselves into it. Because we think shame's useful, but when we look at the results and like how it actually serves us, it doesn't. Like it serves us to not do anything because <laughs> whenever we're feeling shame, it's an emotion that leads to more of avoiding rather than action. And sometimes we can take action for a little bit to try to get out of that emotion and that experience, but it doesn't actually change it for us. Versus if you were to think about the people or a pet or a prized possession or just something in general that you love a lot, how do you want to care for that thing that you love or that person, whatever you're imagining in your head? Because for most people, it's the things that we love that we want to care for the most. And when we're thinking about something that we feel shame about, it's something we usually want to like shove behind in a closet or like if you think about it like an object of like, like is it something you're going to put out in display or is it going to be something you like shove in a closet where nobody will see when they come over? Because if it's something that you love, you're probably going to like want it out there. And if it's something you feel shame about, you're probably going to shove it away. So if you want to feel healthier consistently, then this is what I truly believe 
that it takes to be healthy. And it's not those rules. It's not those shoulds. It's not meeting all of those standards, like how many steps you're taking in a day and you remember not of calories you're burning and how many calories or macros are you're consuming or the number of workouts you did or your body weight or your clothing size or how much weight you can lift. It's none of those things. And yeah, we can utilize the research that we know about exercise about food in a way that serves us but we never want to use any of this stuff against us and i used to think that all these things were what mattered and focused on them so much to and that's how i defined being healthy but really when i look back at that time of when i was really following these things i never really felt good because i was just so hyper focused on that rather than like how my body was feeling and how i was taking care of myself because i was taking care of myself with like force rather than like compassion and it was always this all or nothing experience of like either I was doing really well in my head of like oh I'm doing perfectly I'm doing so good I'm doing all these things to take care of myself and then it was like the second that I was like missing any of it it's all of a sudden like oh I'm not doing good right now like I'm not doing it the way I'm supposed to be doing it and all of these thoughts that would create so much drama for myself that at the time I didn't even realize it was drama that I was creating for myself but it truly was and I always just thought like oh if I can get there if I can do the thing I can accomplish the goal, then I'll feel better. Then I'm going to be matching all these standards and it'll be perfect. No one will have any negative thoughts about me. Everything will be perfect and I will be happy all of the time. And that never happened. And I would really think about food a lot throughout the day because I was always trying to think, how are people perceiving this? Are they having like good thoughts about what I'm doing? And just be so focused on not messing it up because I didn't know how to trust myself around food. And now with intuitive eating, it's so much better. And I know many people who I have worked with or even maybe listening to this podcast may not experience as intense of a relationship with food as I had or with exercise, any of that. But I love that I had experienced that. Now I can say that I love it and I view it as like a gift because it helps me connect so much with my clients on a broad spectrum of having issues with food and having a struggle with food and their weight because I experienced it and I can walk them through different levels of it in different stages. I would say that most people really just feel like it's a minor inconvenience, but also because it's just normal and expected. It's normal and expected that like in your adult life and now like even as a child that you're going to struggle with these things versus just connecting with when will my body feel satisfied? How does my body feel hunger? How does my muscles feel good? How does my body feel better? How do I emotionally feel better? Rather than like connecting with all of that, it's like I'm going ex- to struggle with this. It's normal to have a lifelong struggle with weight and like weight's not even an issue. We're not going to like I've been talking about it like maybe it is and I don't want to give that impression because I do believe like people can be healthy at any size when they find that like size and their body settles at the right size for them and really what it takes to be healthier is self-trust self-love and acceptance because when you do these things and when you focus on them what you end up doing is you feel more inspired to take care of yourself you feel that inspiration of it feels really good when I'm not overeating like my body feels so much better and so we start doing more of that and we start paying attention to what makes us feel good and being comfortable with a wide range of emotions so we don't have to skip out of them and we don't have to avoid them and we can learn to trust ourselves around food because a lot of messages that you're going to get in being healthy and even 
tips that I tried to follow for myself were things like keep it out of the house because if it's in the house, it's going to tempt you. And if you're tempted, eventually you're going to give in and then you're going to fail. And so you might as well set yourself up for success by keeping it out of the house. But what does that really tell you? If it's in the house, you will eat it. If it's in the house, you can't trust yourself around it. It's not like you could keep it in the house and you will eat it sometimes and you won't eat it other times. Like it's not that big of a deal, but we make it such a big deal that it becomes this hyper aware thing that when we're around food, it's like, ooh, I'm going to overeat. I need to give it to somebody else so it's not in my house. So Because if it's in my house, I'm going to overeat it. And that's such the opposite of actually being able to trust yourself. And when you learn to trust yourself in this area, it applies to every area of your life. Because really how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so when we're like searching for approval from other people or trying to do things the right way, just be curious because most likely that's showing up in other areas of your life because we really tend to make decisions the same way and we do things the same way and with similarity. And so when we apply this and we learn this in one area, it's a skill set that we're developing that we can use to improve other areas of our life and create what we want. I know if this is the first time you're introduced to a concept like this, that you can actually have any food that you want whenever you want and not overeat, it's probably hard to believe because it goes against everything you've been taught. Because most people, it's you have to watch yourself. You have to be careful. Like this is only a sometime food. And we just focus on it in that way of if we don't put rules there, then we're going to overeat it. But usually if we're honest with ourselves, I feel like desserts and like ice cream and stuff like that are things that are in a bad rep. So I'm going to use ice cream as an example. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if I keep a tub in my house and I'm going to end up overeating it. And then we start to do that and we start to expect ourselves to have that. And we just create that reality for ourselves rather than being like, oh, I could have this in my house and I won't overeat it because I know if I overeat it, it doesn't really feel good in my body because then I feel like bloated and physically I don't feel very good. And when we rely on that, we pay attention to our body throughout that. We can actually keep it in the house, allow ourselves to eat it whenever we want and we won't overeat because part of that is too... I should mention that it's not just taste cravings. Like whenever I want one, like whatever I want, whenever I want, it's easy to think of allowing always taste cravings, which is when you're just just having a craving. Every single craving you don't have to respond to because sometimes you're going to make that decision of physically I feel full right now. And if I have it, I know I'm not going to feel very good. So I'm going to have it later, but it's still available to me. And that's why sometimes it can be problematic when we've grown up and learned over the years having cheat meals or cheat days or if you don't call them cheat, you can call them like joy eats even, like when we call them that, is if we don't want them in that moment or we aren't hungry in that moment, but still this is the only time this is available to me, so I have to have it right now when it's available to me because if I decided tomorrow was the day that I want it, well, I've already planned it for today, so it has to be today. It's a much different experience than like this is always available for me, but I don't really want it right now, so I don't need it because that's where we get to. Because I remember a time when I couldn't imagine not having chocolate every single day, and now I can go weeks without having it just because I don't have as many cravings for it when I'm not restricting it. And now it's really effortless for me to honor my hunger and not stress eat or boredom eat or mindless snack or for anything else and not overeating and moving my body consistently and actually having a good body image and not because I meet some standards, but just because I focus on caring for my body and supporting myself. And that makes such a big difference. I do want to add that this is a learning curve because if you compare yourself to where I am right now, if you've tried intuitive eating or you've tried this approach before is like 
I'm a lot of chapters in. Like if you think about it, reading a book, it's like I'm down the line. And if you're in chapter one, you're not going to know all the things and that's okay. And when we go from restricting, there may be a period of overeating and there's going to be times where you're learning whether it's actually a taste craving or an emotional craving. I think next week's episode, we'll go into the different types of hunger because I think that's really helpful information to know in the beginning. So I'll go into that next week. So make sure you come back for next week's episode. I just want you to know that if you're having that and having times where it feels like maybe you're doing wrong or feels like maybe it's not working, that's completely normal too because it's such a different skill set that we haven't really experienced before. And so so that's really what I believe it takes to be healthy and what we, we will be creating and talking about in this Better Than Healthy podcast where we're going to go beyond that traditional definition of being healthy to really focus on creating exactly what we want of feeling better in our bodies, of feeling comfortable in our own skin, of consistently honoring our hunger and feeling satisfied with food while not feeling like we're always going physically a little bit too over the board and not feeling good and feeling bloated and consistently taking care of our body with like mobility and strength and anything that you would like to incorporate because that's really what this framework around intuitive eating and mindset work that I do is help people find what works for them and figure it out and learn what's best for them and their bodies. So that's what we'll be creating here. I'm excited to be on this journey with you and I'll see you in next week's episode. Oh, one more thing. I would, if you loved this episode, I would be so happy if you would leave a review or share it. That way it helps just other people find this new podcast. And thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you want to learn to trust yourself around foods, you can stop overeating and feel more comfortable in your body. I want to invite you to join my coaching program. Come visit me at foodpeacenutrition.com to learn more.